Chapter Seven of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume One by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: Your Money or Your Life. The noise which was made by the shutting of the door aroused Tom and Sarah from their reverie, and they rose and, having thanked the Chourineur for the information he had given them, the fellow went out. The wind blowing very strongly and the rain falling in torrents the schoolmaster and the chouette hidden in an alley opposite the tapis franc saw the chourineur go down the street in the direction of the street in which the house in ruins was situated his steps which were somewhat irregular in consequence of the frequent libations of the evening were soon unheard amidst the whistling of the storm and the sheets of rain which dashed against the walls sarah and tom left the tavern in spite of the tempest and took a contrary direction to the chourineur they're done for said the schoolmaster in a low key to the chouette out with your vitriol and mind your eye let us take off our shoes and then they won't hear us as we follow suggested the chouette you are right always right let us tread like cats my old darling the two monsters took off their shoes and moved stealthily along keeping in the shadows of the houses by means of this stratagem they followed so closely that although within a few steps of sarah and tom they did not hear them fortunately our hackney-coach is at the end of the street the rain falls in torrents are you not cold sarah perhaps we shall glean something from this smuggler this bras rouge said sarah in a thoughtful tone and not replying to her brother's inquiry he suddenly stopped and said i have taken a wrong turning i ought to have gone to the right when i left the tavern we must pass by a house in ruins to reach the fiacre we must turn back the schoolmaster and the chouette who followed on the heels of their intended victims retreated into the dark porch of a house close at hand so that they might not be perceived by tom and sarah who in passing almost touched them with their elbows i am glad they have gone that way said the schoolmaster for if the cove resists i have my own idea sarah and her brother having again passed by the tapis franc arrived close to the dilapidated house which was partly in ruins and its open cellars formed a kind of gulf along which the street ran in that direction in an instant the schoolmaster with a leap resembling in strength and agility the spring of a tiger seized satan with one hand by the throat and exclaimed your money or i will fling you into this hole then the brigand pushing satan backwards shoved him off his balance and with one hand held him suspended over the mouth of the deep excavation whilst with his other hand he grasped the arm of sarah as if in a vice before tom could make the slightest struggle the chouette had emptied his pockets with singular dexterity sarah did not utter a cry nor try to resist she only said in a calm tone give up your purse brother and then accosting the robber we will make no noise do not do us any injury the chouette having carefully searched the pockets of the two victims of this ambush said to sarah let's see your hands if you've got any rings no said the old brute grumblingly no not one ring what a shame tom satan did not lose his presence of mind during this scene rapidly and unexpectedly as it had occurred will you strike a bargain my pocket-book contains papers quite useless to you return it to me and to-morrow i will give you twenty-five louis d'or said tom to the schoolmaster whose hand relaxed something of its fierce gripe oh ha to lay a trap to catch us replied the thief be off without looking behind you and be thankful that you have escaped so well one moment 
said the chouette if he behaves well he shall have his pocket-book there is a way then addressing thomas satan you know the plain of st denis i do do you know where st ouen is yes opposite st ouen at the end of the road of la revolte the plain is wide and open across the fields one may see a long way come there to-morrow quite alone with your money in your hand you will find me and the pocket-book ready hand me the cash and i will hand you the pocket-book but he'll trap you chouette oh no he won't i'm up to him or any of his dodges we can see a long way off i have only one eye but that is a piercer and if the cove comes with a companion he won't find anybody i shall have mizzled a sudden idea seemed to strike sarah and she said to the brigand will you like to gain some money yes did you see in the cabaret we have just left for i know you again the man whom the charcoal man came to seek a dandy with moustaches yes i would have stuck it into the fellow but he did not give me time he stunned me with two blows of his fists and upset me on the table for the first time that any man ever did so curses on him but i will be revenged he is the man i mean said sarah he cried the schoolmaster a thousand francs and i'll kill him wretch i do not seek his life replied sarah to the schoolmaster what then would you have come to-morrow to the plain of saint-denis you will there find my companion she replied you will see that he is alone and he will tell you what to do i will not give you one thousand but two thousand francs if you succeed fourline said the chouette in a low tone to the schoolmaster there's blunt to be had these are a swell lot who want to be revenged on an enemy and that enemy is the beggar that you wish to floor let's go and meet him i would go if i were you fire and smoke oh boy it will pay for looking after well my wife shall be there said the schoolmaster you will tell her what you want and i shall see be it so to-morrow at one at one o'clock in the plain of st denis in the plain of st denis between st ouen and the road of la revolte at the end of the road agreed i will bring your pocket-book and you shall have the five hundred francs i promised you and we will agree in the other matter if you are reasonable now you go to the right and we to the left hand do not follow us or else the schoolmaster and the chouette hurried off whilst tom and the countess went in the other direction towards notre dame a concealed witness had been present at this transaction it was the chourineur who had entered the cellars of the house to get shelter from the rain the proposal which sarah made to the brigand respecting rodolph deeply interested the chourineur who alarmed for the perils which appeared about to beset his new friend regretted that he could not warn him of them perhaps his detestation of the schoolmaster and the chouette might have something to do with this feeling the chourineur resolved to inform rodolph of the danger which threatened him but how he had forgotten the address of the self-styled fan-painter perhaps rodolph would never again come to the tapis franc and then how could he warn him whilst he was conning all this over in his mind the chourineur had mechanically followed tom and sarah and saw them get into a coach which awaited them near notre dame the fiacre started the chourineur got up behind 
and at one o'clock it stopped on the boulevard de l'observatoire and thomas and sarah went down a narrow entrance which was close at hand the night was pitch dark and the chourineur that he might know the next day the place where he then was drew from his pocket his clasp-knife and cut a deep notch in one of the trees at the corner of the entrance and then returned to his resting-place which was at a considerable distance for the first time for a very long while the chourineur enjoyed in his den a comfortable sleep which was not once interrupted by the horrible vision of the sergeant's slaughter-house as in his coarse language he styled it End of chapter 7